Live from Studio B, it's proudly made in Canada by Local Laundry. I am your host and co-owner, Mr. Connor Curran. Flying solo today, Mr. Dustin Paisley just bought a house, so he's moving into that house. So it'll be just me, but that gives me more time to get reacquainted with an old Santa alumni, colleague, business program, partner, whatever you want to call it, fellow student. Today, we have a very special guest calling in all the way from the East Coast of Canada. Today, we have Mr. John McClellan from Cove Kombucha. How are you today, John? Colin, glad to be on the podcast and thanks for the intro there. How's things with you? Very well, very well. Thanks so much for coming on. So John and I both went to St. Francis Xavier University out in Anagash, Nova Scotia together. I believe, John, you might have been a, a year ahead of me, but we both were in the business program and both of us own our very own little businesses now today, which is I think is pretty cool. That is, yeah. Congrats to you. <laughs> well, I didn't invite you on just to talk about how great I am because <laughs> then, then the podcast would be uh, way too long. But tell us a little about who you are and what Cove Kombucha is all about. Great. Yeah. So my brother and I, were the ones who teamed up to get this thing going. We always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit in the family. I was working at Ernst & Young for three, four years there and was curious about, you know, doing something a little more ambitious, I guess, in my mindset. And my brother was brewing this kombucha. He was drinking it every day on his own accord. He's, you know, three years younger than me. So he was just out of school, really. And yeah, I was like, let's try and sell some of this at the farmer's market. I was, you know, it's uh, all these crap drinks out there. And you know, maybe this is something people will like. Well, we we kind of dove head first. Like we didn't know anything about the industry, but we were kind of just like passionate about like the drink and the project and where it came from. And, and so we kind of got started and like, this was about four years ago from the summer and, and we started the farmer's market and we started selling out and we started realizing, you know, like this was definitely something people were interested in. And then long and behold, now we're, we're expanding like right across Canada. We're in about 45 to 50 Costco's, which has been just a crazy ride for us to, that's all like Eastern Canada. And we're, we got our eyes on, you know, the West coast as well for that, for Costco and also the U S so we're excited about like just the kombucha category in general is really growing fast and we're, we're really lucky to be a part of it. Now we, we got into it just out of just surely my brother, you know, drinking on his own. So it kind of came from that space. And now we're kind of starting to get a little more serious about like actually building the business and getting the right people in to help us grow the business and all those things that, you know, as you start to, to focus on bigger ambitions, you have to kind of do right. Absolutely. And Kombucha is one of my favorite drinks. So almost right after Santa Vex, so I, well, I actually, you know, we both partied pretty hard at, at, at Santa Vex, but <laughs> I gave up drinking about three and a half, almost four years ago. So I don't drink at all anymore. And so now whenever I like, you know, going out or, or I want a nice drink or, or, you know, even just treat myself at home, like it's always kombucha. That's my go-to drink. And so I'm absolutely obsessed with the drink. So it's really quite grown in popularity. And I think it's a fantastic space to be in. And there's some great kombucha companies, you know, popping up all over Canada. And I love supporting each and every one. But tell us some stuff that, that, that maybe, you know, people not in the kombucha game might not know. Like, it's a pretty unique process just to brew this stuff. Tell us a little bit about how you guys do that. Yeah, very unique. It's the category, you know, it's relatively was always a small natural product category. Yeah. And just over the last three, four years, it's really transitioned into a bit more of a fridge staple for people. It's, yeah. it's that drink that 
you know, it fits in between a pop, you know, that has no function and lots of sugar. And, and then of course, water and sparkling waters at the other end with, you know, good nutritional, but not a lot of taste. So kombucha kind of has that low sugar, low calorie, but still can pack a unique kind of flavor. So, and then you get a little bit of the health benefits. So that's the kombucha and we brew our kombucha for it can be like, cause we're doing it in quite large vessels. Like, cause on a given month, we might be doing 250,000 liters, you know, 350,000 liters of kombucha. So we've got quite a facility and process in place. Like that has come a long way from doing it at the mother's kitchen. That's for sure. How did you make that leap? So, I mean, one day your brother's in it, you say, let's sell us, you go to the farmer's market, people seem to like it. How do you go from there to 250,000? Yeah, a month. What started like there was somebody who followed us on Instagram from Sobeys, mm-hmm. and they started taking notice about in the product. Invited us down to you know talk about how we could get it onto their shelves. Right. So we kind of got lucky that like in Atlantic there wasn't really a kombucha, so we got in with Sobeys like very early, and they've been like a huge partner for us because now we're nationwide with them. So we've got them on um, on our side, but that was kind of how it got started, and then all of a sudden. I actually like sent an email off to the buyer with Costco. Like I got a hold of someone. They pointed me in the right direction for someone else. I got talking to the head buyer and he literally picked up the phone, called me. I was still at my old job in the process. Like I was in my last two weeks and I got the call from him. He said, we're looking for a kombucha. Like he said, perfect timing. You know, I don't think he normally answered those emails, but it came across at the right time. So we got our foot in the door with Costco and, we were in six warehouses locally for quite a while. And just recently we switched into more like 45 to 50 Costco's like Quebec, Ontario and Atlantic. Uh, and it's mainly been like just a little bit of a package upgrade. We switched into the cans and with COVID and everything, like everyone, the transition to cans has been, you know, there's a global shortage of cans. So yeah. we happen to be doing that right before COVID and we've been kind of riding the wave like ever since. So trying to stay focused and keep having fun but there's a lot of new things new challenges for sure i can imagine you know it's i know certainly when as it pertains to clothing you know you kind of mentioned you had no experience in the kombucha i I can't imagine too much experience in the consumer packaged good or beverage industry and i remember like my first meeting was just retailers you know you you learn so so much so i'd love to know like what are some of the things that you kind of had to learn pretty quickly you know, when, when Sobeys and Costco say that they, they're interested because things scale up pretty quick when you're just selling farmer's market and you can just sell it for whatever, put whatever labels you want on it. Now you got to get SKUs, you got to get barcodes, you know, all that sort of stuff. What were some of the things you had to, that you learned that you didn't know beforehand that maybe could help future entrepreneurs that were thinking about entering the space? Yeah, there's definitely all the little intricacies like the barcodes and putting those into GS1. I think the big thing was like the food safety, like making sure that you were in a facility that met the quality standards, because now you're not selling direct at the farmer's market. You know, it becomes a big business. And obviously with Sobeys and them, you know, they they have to have certain standards. So the food safety was a big thing. And I think like understanding how like really have to find like what your differentiation is. and, And once you find that, you'll really start to see things kind of take off. Like the grocery stores, they, you know, if you have something that's working and that people are looking for and on trend, like it can happen very fast. So you got to really be focused on like setting up the business side of things on top of, 
the day-to-day, everything that has to happen. What was some of the biggest differentiators for Cove Kombucha? Yeah, I think right now, like, the can has been a huge asset. That's just the convenience and the portability during COVID. But I think the packaging, we did a rebrand on the packaging, and it's been speaking to people a lot better. Man, I love your branding. I was going through your social. Your your branding is absolutely on point. The bright colors, the fun, sort of playful messaging you, you've got going on. Thank you. Yeah, top marks yeah. on the branding side of things. He's guys got that done. Uh, it's my brother. He literally handles all of that. So he spends a lot of time and gives himself lots of headaches <laughs> trying to get the packaging right and the the taste. He's he's always all over the taste. So those are like that's a big thing we learned about too. Is like ultimately like it's all about the product. Yeah, you have to yeah. get the product right. You have to learn how to scale that product before all of the marketing, before all of the you know, extra planning, all that stuff. So I say that because we just went through a big like product. We had to write off a lot of units, like because it was too carbonated. Some of the product came out too carbonated. So when you're, there's little things, you know, where all of a sudden you wow. found yourself throwing out 150,000 cans of like, oh my goodness. you know, the whole other side of things. Make sure you get insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you kind of have to get a master brewer in or is it still something you can kind of handle yourselves on the production side? Yeah, we definitely have a like production team and a head brewer. Like my brother's still finicky with the product that he, he always goes down for the productions. So he likes to be yeah. right there drinking it right off the line, making sure that it passes all that kind of tests. So he's very serious it. about that. You need to have that. You have to like with kombucha in particular, like we found anytime we got far away from the product, there was all we would find issues with the sh- on the shelf. So we realized that we had to stay close to the product just because it's so fermented and, and raw, right? Yeah, because I was scrolling through some of your social and kombucha is not like, you know, most other beverages, right? It's, it's a live culture. Right. And I, I remember someone had posted, you know, they kept it out in a can out in the sun or something all day and it just it exploded, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a funny concept as you introduce it to like very like mainstream grocery and mm-hmm. they haven't come across the product before. It's because everything you come across for drinks, you know, typically is so shelf stable and yeah. this product, you know, it's raw. So, you know, it is something that you have to be very careful of. What's your top flavor? What's your best-selling flavor? Top flavor. We just came out with two new flavors, summer flavors. And they're in the Costco box, and they've been really rocking. Strawberry limeade and watermelon smash. Oh, Then there's the OG raspberry lemonade. We've had that since since day one, and it's been number one at the grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah, It's got a head start, though. Lots of people had the chance to try it before the, uh, the two new ones. That's great. How big is the team now? How many people are we talking yeah, we've got nine people now. So, and we, our manufacturing side, we have like what's called Copac. Mm-hmm. So, very common in CPG that like not start out and have all your own equipment. So, right. you have to kind of have someone who packages it for you and you pay by the case. So, yeah, it's a really close relationship, but it's, it is ultimately like kind of second priority. And you'll see that a lot with early stage CPG, even large scale CPG. That's great. And I want to talk a little bit about Costco for a minute, like, cause Costco is a really big brand. They're a behemoth, you know, but the customers are extremely loyal and if people, if you can time it right and do it right, it could be 
really successful in Costco, but they're not like every other kind of, you know, traditional retailer and that kind of thing. Was there anything that kind of surprised you about getting into Costco or any, any kind of like valuable lessons learned for maybe Mm -hmm. other people wanting to approach them or starting to work with them? Yeah. I would say just make sure you're ready. They can move very fast. Like something. So it's all about like sales hurdles with them. They're very transparent. Like they're awesome to work with. And basically like they will tell you, this is how much we expect you to sell per week per store. And, you know, you go after those marks and you try and innovate and change your product to, you know, to be there because like, if it is, they're very loyal and will continue to expand you. And if it's not, they're very frank to, to say that as well. So we've been through both of those experiences where we sat in, you know, six warehouses for almost a year and a half before we came up with something that, you know, our customers like better. Once it's actually in the store, like what kind of stuff are you doing to make sure that people are going to the store and asking for COVID and, and actually purchasing? Because like getting in the store, I imagine, you know, it's not easy, but it, the whole process, like, that's the easy part is getting in. And then it's like you said, mm-hmm. you know, they set the targets yeah. and it's actually selling the stuff. What are some things that you've done, you know, to actually move the product once it's actually in the stores and on the shelves? Yeah. So we always try and stay as like close to the actual product as we can. So anything you can get that's like, for instance, promotion, you run a promotion, you know, people are going to draw attention to the promotion and, and then therefore try the product. So that's the obvious one. And then, you know, shelf talkers, anything like that. A big piece is the actual packaging itself. Right. That's the trump card, really. Like if the packaging doesn't speak to the consumer, you're never going to drive trial. So those are like, you got to really focus on those things first and then build the brand outside and try and drive people into the store by you know, teaming up with influential people and, and making sure you're working with the right, you know, influencers in the region that, you know, you're really trying to grow in. Man. Okay. So this is one area I, I was hoping to kind of get into. Give us some advice for working with influencers. You seem to do a tremendous job. You know, I was checking out some of your social and you've got great user generated content. You've got great content generated by influencers. What is some advice for finding, you know, compensating and working, setting those expectations with influencers? You know, this, this is something where we could even, you know, us as a brand could use some help. Like, tell us how you got so good at influencer marketing. Yeah, I should give credit to like our marketing team. We have three people on the marketing team now that like they love it. So it comes easy to them. But basically how it works is like we do a lot of like just direct messaging with influencers, getting a hold of them and just talking about, you know, how they would structure a deal. We've paid anywhere like for, you know, between zero to, you know, free product to you know $25,000 for, you know, certain posts and stuff like that. So you have to have a financial piece to it, like to come to the table to work with, you know, million plus, you know, followers, that's the kind of dollars you're speaking. So there is that element to it. Like you can't put the cart before the horse. Like the brand has to be the Trump card first. And then, you know, that's the second piece I find, but it's really like it's momentum too. Yeah. Those big influencers, right. That have the million plus and you're paying the big bucks for, do you see, an impact you see the return on that investment and, and and if so where are you seeing that that return yeah i think it's it's really good for like new market drops mm. like when you're you know products finally available at west it's like people are very as long as you don't work with like influencers who have too much spill like if you really get local with it and find those right, right. people 
people do, you know, influence is a real thing. So making sure to find those people at new market opportunities is perfect. And then you want to just kind of pull off of it a bit because you don't want to like super soak it and it's expensive. So Yeah. But I'll tell you, it works. I'll tell you a little story. I was we were visiting my wife's family. She's from outside of Ottawa. So mm-hmm. she also went to St. Evex and I met her there. And I was talking to one of her friends who also went to St. Evex. And, and I was saying, I was like, oh, like I'm going to be chatting with John McClellan from Cove Kombucha. Have you ever tried Cove? And she's like, she's like, I've heard of Cove. She's like, she's like, and sorry to say, John, she didn't remember you. She's like, I don't remember John. She's like, but I've <laughs> heard, good. I've heard of Cove. And I was like, well, how did you hear Cove? She's like, this influencer that I love and follow just started posting about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, eh? I think the it's social, working. like the circles and all that stuff online, you know, they're definitely smaller than we realize, I think, at times. Yeah. So, I mean, like, seriously, hats off. You, you've really kind of figured that out. You know, you've got, so, I mean, like, you came in the right time. You're very product focused, you know, but you also have the right branding in place. You know, you had that little bit of a hustle to get into Selby's and get into Costco and you got the marketing down pat. You seem to be on a pretty good trajectory. Where is it that you want to go? How big do you want to take this thing? What do you want to do with this? Where is John and Cove going to be in five, 10 years? Well, thanks. You're really making it seem easier. Or easier. <laughs> Give me too much credit, maybe. But... No, 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 no. Seriously, hats off. Well, I guess like for me, it feels like we're just getting going. So... I think like we finally found like product market fit and we're definitely planning to go across North America with it. We're already exploring Costco in the Northeast, which it's just a different ball game down there too. So we got to pace ourselves like region by region, not spill too much. And we're mainly focused on just like building, a, like providing awesome, delicious, healthy drinks to as many people as we can. So we don't really try and keep like, we always have like a three year rolling plan you know, that has, you know, obviously you have to make some plans, but we definitely are just thinking right now, like, let's move as many healthy, you know, products to as many people as we can. That's kind of like where we're at right now. We don't have anything beyond, you know, we love the brand right now. So no real plans beyond that, but we do have like investors. We do have that kind of side of the business as well. So at some point it would be awesome to be able to, you know, hand it off to somebody else if it was the right person. Right. And you do have a couple of investors and any kind of advice, you know, whether looking for, for funding or managing investor relationships, any kind of advice on that Mm -hmm. side of things? Yeah. I think my advice would be like, get to a million dollars on your own, like Mm -hmm. really prove the concept really like you have to work hard. Like it was my brother and I for the first two and a half years, because you really can't afford to have anybody else. And to bring someone in that early, like you might not, you might get stuck with the wrong person. So try and do it yourself and like really figure out the industry because it takes a lot of time to like really understand how an industry might work. So we dove head first with the kombucha and it was good to have that time before we started introducing investment. So get to that first million proof of concept and then find people that like are okay with like, you know, a five to seven year plan. And really like not looking for an immediate return or, or certain terms or anything like make sure you're still in charge and like focus on, you know, the vision of the business. Yeah. I think that's about it. Like find people that believe in you. Like it could be family and friends at the gate. So yeah. And just be very conscious. Like with, when you take the money, obviously there's responsibility. So be prepared to, to ramp it up. 
even more. Definitely. I think that's great advice. Last question here for you, John. Where did the name come from? That's our parents' cottage. It started in mom's kitchen there. So that's kind of like the ode to that. It's the cove. Oda goes by Anaganesh, a cove of kombuchas, cove of Malindico. Oh, no way. I remember the cove. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. 15 minutes outside Anaganesh, so it's a good little spot. That's great. Didn't go out there during university, which you're, everyone, we're all on campus and the life of the campus, <laughs> but 15 minutes out, yeah, nice beaches out that way. That's great. Bringing that cove coast to coast. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, listen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with us, to share some of your knowledge and experience. And like I said, I meant every word. You guys are doing something great. You're doing, you're on the right path and looking forward to following your journey and seeing how big you get this thing. So big congratulations and thanks again for making the time. Thanks, Connor. Really appreciate you bringing me on. So uh, glad to connect and hope to hear more about how things are going on your side uh, offline. Definitely. John, last question. Where can people find and, and support you if people want to taste some, some Tasty Cove? Perfect. East Coast, like Ontario, all the way to Atlantic is Loblaws, Sobeys, Costco, Farm Boy, Whole Foods. And then the West Coast right now, just uh, Whole Foods, Safeways, Sobeys, and hopefully Costco soon. So Awesome. Thanks again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been Proudly Made in Canada by Local Laundry. I am Mr. Connor Kern. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Proudly Made in Canada by Local Laundry. We are your co-hosts and co-owners, Connor Curran and Dustin Paisley. You can find us anywhere, anytime at www.locallaundry.ca for all of our Canadian-made garments. You can find out what we're up to in the community at Local Laundry and all social channels. Sign up for our newsletter. Sign up for our e-blast. And you can find all previous episodes of the podcast wherever you stream your podcast from. Until next time.